we expect you tonight, Lord, <laughs> to be able to speak and by your spirit that you reveal and that by your spirit that you teach and reveal tonight in the name of Jesus. So we honor you. We honor you for who you are, God, and we thank you for coming and being with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. Come on. I know atmospheres and are just already set and conducive for God to be able to speak or for God to be able to move and do what he has designated, what he has designed uh, to do tonight. So I'm just going to tell you already that I just believe we're going to pray it out at the end, but I kind of just heard even right before our praise and worship began that there's just going to be some records broken tonight. <laughs> it's going to be records broken tonight, and there's just going to be some moments where people, again, on this past Sunday, we talked about the energy, but you're just going to get like a, another, a, another wave of that energy. And so whatever that may have been kind of standing uh, like, like, like a sandcastle, so to speak, something that has been erected, that it's just going to be another wave tonight that just kind of washes that away so that way we can really just build and, 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 and be in the manner and walk and run in the manner in which God has called us to in this season. So God, again, we just love you. We thank you. In the name of Jesus, come on, there's nothing like praising and worshiping him as a corporate family. Come on. Glory to God. So uh, we, 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 I, I'm excited. Again, I want to welcome everyone uh, to Abounding Grace Family Worship Center. My name is Sir Walter Scott III, uh, pastor here at Abounding Grace Family Worship Center. And I, it is a privilege and an honor to be before you tonight to be able to release what I believe and know uh, that God would have to kind of shift some things and encourage and even break some things uh, tonight, as well as build and restore some things as well. He does so much in his word. So somebody just say right now, Lord, open my eyes. Lord, open my ears. Lord, open my heart, my spirit to receive of you tonight in the name of Jesus. So it's really just going to be uh, some things that he's just going to uh, just even speak to your heart tonight. So uh, welcome again. And I, I, I really want to start off because, you know, some things just kind of just got stirred up. And, uh, you know, last night, you know, my family and I, I don't know if some of you maybe have had an opportunity to watch some of the Olympics or see some of the highlights. Um, but because I know the timing is different. I used to live in Japan, so they're about 12 to 13 hours ahead of us uh, right now. So I know the timing is a little off to see something live. Um, but because they were having some events in the daytime over there in Tokyo, uh, my family and I, I was like, you know, I'm going to stay up later tonight just to watch this particular event. Some of them I've seen, but this was one I just had, you know, just an interest in. And so it was a 400 meter hurdles for the women. And so I saw the men. I didn't get to see that live. That was good, too. But I wanted to see the women as well, because it's just a fascinating event. It's a difficult event. It's already hard enough to run one time around, um, you know, with speed. But then to be able to do that with hurdles that's just a painstaking, it's just what they call a gasser. You're like gas, you're, you're, you're done. So I'm watching the 100 uh, meters, uh, 400 meter hurdles last night of the women. And so there were three U.S. contestants, but the top two uh, have been top two for quite some time uh, for over the past three, three to four years. And so uh, one was Delilah Delila uh, Muhammad and another was Sidney McLaughlin. So they've been kind of top two. And one of the things about these two, whenever they are in a race together and they're racing each other, one thing that Sydney had said, she was like, she's Sydney's 21 and Delila is uh, 31. So there's a 10 year difference. But one thing that Sydney said is like, look, whenever we race, it's not really like a competition even though it is, but it's not like a, a mean kind of rivalry. She says it's iron sharpening iron. And, you know, Sydney is a believer, you know, in, in Jesus, or at least she proclaims the name of Jesus. And so, you know, I'm just watching this because, you know, I saw the Olympic trials, you know, I watched, you know, some of the college students and just different things, so many fascinating stories. And so, you know, Sydney has set an Olympic. Well, first of all, Delila had an Olympic. She had the world record and then Sydney broke that. And so now, this has been a match that's been much talked about because they're both at their peak. They've both been in, in just great shape. And so uh, one of the things I could just kind of tell, I was looking at Sydney, I was like, man, she's going to fly tonight. I was like, because you know how they just kind of have people, you know, at the stands, at their blocks. But she was just kind of just, she wasn't smiling. I was like, man, I was like, she got that kind of look that she is going to fly tonight. 
And of course, Delilah, she a bad girl too. So boom, gun goes off, these two, and Delilah, I mean, she takes off like, she is like gone. I was like, oh my goodness. It's like, I, I, she just looked unstoppable. And so now she's just flying, she's just rolling. And then all of a sudden, when it comes to the last hurdle, Delilah is still in the lead, but then Sydney all of a sudden kicks in another gear and hits her peak acceleration. And in the last few, in the last few meters, she beats uh, Delilah by like split seconds. But then what she winds up doing, what Sydney winds up doing is setting a new world record. So Sydney actually already beat her old world record. And then the way Delilah ran, she, it would have been a world record if Sydney didn't run faster. But one thing that Sydney said when they interviewed her, because I mean, she was just humble and just gracious. She was just kind of just taking it all in. But one of the things that she said, she was like, you know, I saw Delilah ahead of me, you know, even at the end, but I just kept in my mind, Sydney, run your race. Woo! She told herself to run your race. And so what we're talking about tonight is running, run your lane, running in your lane with grace. And so I just believe that there's just going to be some things that you're going to sense the strength of the Lord in the name of Jesus. Amen. So if you have a chance to look at it, it's, it's great. And so uh, overcoming hurdles. Well, one of the things that I shared just even on this past Sunday, I just kind of want to just put this out there, uh, you know, again, how we talked about how the enemy would love to try to stop you. And one of the things that he looks to rob you of is of confidence. He'll try to rob you of confidence, but I just want to, there's going to be several scriptures, you know, we take a look at tonight. Uh, some I'll just quote and then some we'll look at, but I just want us to read this one. It's in Galatians chapter five, verse seven through 10. Here's just a quick word just to kind of get us going, and then we're going to dive all the way in. So Galatians chapter 5, verse 7 through 10, and Paul uh, says this, talking to the church of Galatia. He said, you ran well. <laughs> you ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. But then this is what I just thought was just so um, apt. So fatherly of him to say this. I have confidence in you. In verse 10, and we'll stop there. I have confidence in you in the Lord. Ah, I have confidence in you in the Lord that you will have no other mind, but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. So remember, you know, even from this past Sunday, we were talking about, you know, how we have confidence in Christ Jesus. And then one of the things that uh, prophet encouraged us with, uh, you know, and letting us know it's like, look, that confidence comes from being in him. And so here we have Paul that says, hey, look, whoever hindered you, like who hindered you? It's like you were running well. Who hindered you? And we know, in other words, if we use a, a natural example, man, Galatians, who, what hurdle? Who, who set a hurdle that you actually tripped over? What did you trip over? You were running well. But he's saying this, and I'm saying this, it's like, look, I have confidence in you in the Lord. All right, so somebody say, Lord, I thank you for your confidence and for you being my confidence <laughs> in the name of Jesus. So if anybody may have been trying to feel like it's like, ah, oh, man, well, I haven't been running the way that I need to run. Uh, the Bible is just letting us know and I'm letting you know it's like, look, I have confidence in you. Oh, let me look at you in the eye as best as I can right now and say that one more time. I have confidence in you in the Lord. Come on, that you're going to run your race and that you're going to be in your lane the way that God has called you to be, all right? In Jesus' name. Now, you don't have to see this, but I just want you to hear this. Um, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, but it says, But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And then in the Passion Translation, it says this, And he has... He has generously given each one of us supernatural grace. Somebody say supernatural grace. According to the size of the gift of Christ. And so we're talking about running your lane with grace and knowing that we each have a, a supernatural grace. We have a gift. We have something and a measure of it with, of Christ that has been given unto us. So somebody just say right now, Lord, I thank you for the supernatural grace <laughs> that I have according to the size of the gift of Christ or according to the measure of Christ. And so you can write this down. It's, it's going to be some simple, 
but very good uh, truths tonight that'll just kind of anchor and encourage and strengthen us in this season. And I know that the Holy Spirit will share some things even beyond what I'm saying out of my mouth uh, to your hearts. But number one, when we're talking about running your lane with grace, here's one of the things that we must all know. Number one, your lane is defined by the will of God. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say that again. Your lane is defined by the will of God. So now we know on the track, especially on the Olympic track, they have lanes one through eight or one through nine, depending on how broad uh, the track is. But they have defined lanes. And of course, even when they're running, they even have something that kind of sticks on the side that lets, that lets people know it's like, look, this is the lane that they're in. It has their lane number as well. But your lane in life, your supernatural grace, it is defined. Your position, your calling, it is defined and how it's defined by. It's not defined by you and it's not defined by me. My own grace, my own lane is not defined by me. It might be discovered by you or discovered by me, but the definition is already there. And so you'll see in Galatians, in Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians and probably even some other letters that Paul wrote, uh, he begins his letter, uh, uh, you know, on various occasions saying, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Because uh, he didn't call himself, but he discovered it. And as a matter of fact, he got blinded so his eyes could actually be open. And the Lord says, hey, this is what I'm calling you to do. This is your assignment. You could either run from it or you could run with it. Yeah, so tonight some people are going to stop running in the name of Jesus. And if you know somebody that's running, uh, send them this word in the name of Jesus because God is going to uh, bring them back to their lane. Come on, bring them back to what he has defined them. So somebody just say right now, say, my lane is defined by the will of God. And of course, a part of that lane, a lot of it deals with identity and purpose as well. And it's something that we kind of discover and some things that we even kind of come back to, um, you know, after sometimes you might try to venture or maybe second guess. But it's, it's, it's something that's really just the core of what God has already defined. And other people have actually recognized it and marked it and spoken about it. But maybe we might have some questions or maybe we might have some even concerns or maybe we might even have some fears uh, to be like, ah, you know, I see I see my lane, but I don't want to run in this lane. But it's already been defined by the will of God. And so Paul was an apostle. So whether you are a fivefold apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist. Uh, pastor or or any other of the, the, the ministries uh, and you carry another supernatural grace gift that is found in 1 Corinthians 12, 14, you know, all those all those various gifts. If you have any of those other assignments or even in some positions is life, like I could even say it like this. And I know I've mentioned this before, but I want to say it again. I am a husband. By the will of God. I am a husband by the will of God. Thank you, Lord. I am a father three times over by the will of God. I am a son by the will of God. Paul could say he, he was an apostle by the will of God. So I can say I am a pastor by the will of God. Oh, so somebody just say right now, I am fill in the blank and just say by the will of God. Oh, go ahead and say it again. Somebody just say, I am a minister. I am an elder. I am a mother. I am a business owner. I am an entrepreneur. I am a supervisor by the will of God. I am a business owner. You know, whatever the case might be, even in this season, just say that I am who I am by the will of God. That's what we want to come into that revelation and knowing. Because here... Paul had every reason to second guess it, and we've heard him talk about this. He was like, look, I'm the least of this. I'm the one born out of due season. Uh, you know, all his um, things that, that, that I guess, on his resume, so to speak, that wouldn't necessarily deem him to be one that God says, hey, I'm choosing you to be an apostle. Paul understood that, but he knew it's like, look, in spite of all my frailties, in spite of all my flaws, I am an I am an apostle by the will of God. It's God's will. So it's not one of them things <laughs> that you can run from. 
I may have shared this before, but a long time ago, I just think about it right now. You know, there's so many things just coming to my coming to my heart when I'm just seeing more and more. It's like, God, you set this whole thing up, you know, for my life by the will of God. And so so he has done so for you. But I remember it was about my junior year in college. I was walking and I'll never forget. There was this guy named Richard, um, little guy, but he was a, a student at Virginia Union, seminary student, you know, religious, you know, but he said something out of his mouth that wound up being very prophetic. He said, hey, you know what? You have the mantle of your father. And I was out of state, you know, at that point, was, you know, still trying to f- figure things out. But I got mad when he said it. And then when he said, I clenched my fist and I looked at him so bad. And I was like, man, you know what? I, and I just frankly said, I said, no, I don't. And he was like, yeah, you do. I was like, man, whatever. <laughs> but I am <laughs> who I am by the will of God. And some people, I get it, I get it, I get it. You're not the title, but I'm telling you, it's the position that God has called you to. It's part of that identity. It's part of that marker in the spirit. So I just want to encourage you, just go ahead and embrace it. Get it in your mouth. It's not one of those things where if if you know how to carry and steward it, we know it's not something to puff us up. Some people are like that. And Paul called them out. He's like, man, he's like, look, I'm not like some of these super apostles. (laughs) People try to be... I ain't trying to knock, you know, whatever, whatever. You know, I'm not trying to go there. But some people like, I'm the chief super senior apostle, da, 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 da. You got all that kind of stuff. And people putting themselves up in an elevation where God hasn't elevated them to. I'm not saying that. We know for us, it's like, no, you know, we carry this weight and it keeps us humble. It keeps us low in his presence. But still also not so low that we just don't take on our responsibility and, and understand that it's God's grace at work. For this, amen. So say it one more time. Say, I am who I am by the will of God. God wills it. So again, what was number one? Your lane. Say, my lane is defined by the will of God. It's already defined. You can't, you can't, you can't go against that bend. All right. Number two. Stay in your lane with delight. This is a tough one. You are who you are by the will of God, but then it's like, God, you know what? I thank you that what has been defined now becomes my delight. We don't want to disdain it, but we want it to be our delight. And so here's another scripture. It's in Psalms chapter 37. Here you have somebody writing this that was a shepherd boy, right? But then he becomes a king by the will of God. So, of course, we know this to be King David, but he says this in Psalm chapter 37, verse 23 and 24. I love this, right? Run your lane with grace. He says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The steps of a good man, a good man, a good woman are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. <laughs> Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Woo! Yeah, that is so good. So stay in your delane. Stay in your delane. Stay in your lane with delight. Somebody say, Lord, right now I delight in how you have defined me. Now he defines it. Now, this is just to help somebody. Some people know. Y'all, y'all, y'all got to know this. It's not even just my heart. It's God's heart. He already said it in his word. We can't define anything outside of what he's already defined. Okay? And so that's what we take delight in. That in which he has already ordained. That which he, which he has ordered. And I love it how God in his grace, you know, he'll kind of make sure that we, we stay on the right track. When we say, Lord, I submit my whole life to you. There was another incident in the Olympics. It was in the 1500. Uh, this happened to be women again, 1,500 meters. There, and this wasn't the final for a medal, uh, like the 400 that I saw uh, last night. But this was just to, just a qualifying. And so one of the runners, very, she's actually one of the best in her race, but she wound up running, and she was trying to just conserve her energy, and she wound up being in a bunch of people instead of leading the pack. That's, that's a whole other point in itself. But she wound up being in a bunch of people instead of leading the pack. And so while she was in that bunch, just kind of just you know, running, trying to conserve her energy, someone tripped ahead of her and she wasn't able to avoid it. So she wound up tripping 
And so now she's at the, either the second to last or the last place. So now it's almost like, oh my gosh. She gets back up. She's like, man, now she actually has to run. So now she's running. Now she, she's the best, but it's like, man, I, in essence, I didn't want to have to use this energy right now. But now she's running because if she doesn't, only a certain amount actually qualify to go to the next round. So now she's running. And now towards that, the very last 200 meters, 100 meters, if some of y'all understand that distance, is about halfway around uh, an Olympic track. She winds up running and she's just like, and then towards the very end, she winds up actually going from last to first to win her heat. And so now that just became this huge motivation for so many people to see someone that falls down, but still able to get back up and to win the heat. So I just want to say it again. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way, though he fall. See, even when you delight, though you might fall, though there might be a trip up, you shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Isn't that a blessing? So even if you trip, let's go back to the hurdles now. Even if you trip over a hurdle and if you're delighting in what God has defined, it's like, God, you know what? I'm, 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 I'm delighting in this call. I'm delighting in, in, in how you've called and who you've made me to be by your will. There may be a moment where there's a trip up. But God says, hey, I'm seeing you delighting in my way. I'm seeing you saying yes <laughs> to my heart, yes to my will, even though, even though you might have some reservations, <laughs> even though you might have some reservations, you know how some people try to conserve, it's like, okay, Lord, I'm going to do what you call me to do, but I'm still kind of just holding some things back, right? Sometimes, oh, some people do that. Some people live, some people minister, it's like, oh, I'm just going to kind of hold some things back. But if God's saying, hey, I don't want you to be in the pack with everybody else, because otherwise, if somebody else trips, then <laughs> you can trip up too. <laughs> I need you to stay in the forefront of believing and not being like everybody else, right? Not being all bunched up. And so sometimes you might be conservative and be like, ah, you know, and be a little reserved. And Lord said, no, nah, man, I want you to run. Go ahead. You're, I'm with you in this. You've got grace for this. This is your supernatural grace. Embrace it. This is a supernatural gift, a measure that, I, that I've given you of myself. Embrace it. Don't, don't look at it. Don't just be like, ah, this isn't anything. I'm just going to conserve. I'm just kind of just going to wait and just keep on waiting. Nah, that's how people get stuck and tripped up from other people. But the Lord said, hey, no, I want you to delight, but I want you to run. Delight in it. Okay? So again, number one. Your lane is defined by the will of God, and so stay in your lane with delight. So say right now, say, I am staying in my lane with delight. So don't look at the call and be like, oh, my gosh, why do you have to call me? I don't even want to do it. I know we, come on, let's be real. We go through that. Okay, I go through that. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, why do you, I didn't even ask for this, Lord. I don't want this. But I am, because it used to, I am by who I am by the will of God. We say, Lord, I want your will. And then God says, here's my will. Oh, I don't want it. Come on. No, no, no. But that's not going to be us anymore, right? We want to stay in our lane with delight. Oh, here's a good one. Number three. I'm going to spend some time on this one, even some more time. And then, but this one's strong. Your lane requires discipline. Woo! Your lane requires discipline. You know, it's interesting just looking at these different events, and one thing that I kind of noticed, um, even before we get to our scripture, one thing that I've noticed is at these different Olympic events, you know, men and women, depending on the event, uh, their bodies are shaped or crafted a certain type of way. You know, I look at swimmers and I'm like, oh man, swimmers kind of got like these broad shoulders, right? It's almost like these giant wingspans. You look at people that run those long distances, they're small for the most, yeah, they're usually smaller and very lightweight because you can't carry, you can't be my size. I'm like 225 pounds. You can't be my size running, can't, trying to carry that for miles. Not at speed. I mean, I could run a few miles, but I can't run it like the way they run it. You kind of got, so I'm looking at that. You look at wrestlers, and wrestlers are kind of stocky and just whoo. And then these, these weightlifters, they're just like blocks. They're like cinder blocks, and they're just all compact. So you're looking at 
um, these different shapes, but they're doing this based upon the different disciplines, based upon the different disciplines. So they have to discipline themselves. They have to train themselves according to the event, according to the sport that they're in. And so again, your lane requires discipline. Even being in your lane, what it is that you are doing, it requires discipline. Somebody say it requires, it mandates discipline. Here we go. First Corinthians, we're familiar with this. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse 24 through 27, but this is so good. Now, you know, Paul, Apostle Paul, I'm sure he had uh, seen an Olympic type of event or a Roman sport for him to be inspired by this example. But he says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 27, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one, somebody say one, one receives the prize, run in such a way that you may have attained it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it. He's talking about the people, the actual athletes. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. But we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run. Somebody say, I run. Thus, not with uncertainty. Thus, I fight. Come on. Not as one who beats the air. <laughs> but I discipline my body. And bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become, what's that word? Disqualified. Disqualified. So we know Paul is saying, it's like, look, we know everybody runs, we, we read it. But he's saying, look, I'm disciplining my body. So that way, as I'm going about, as I'm preaching to others, as I'm ministering, I myself am not becoming disqualified. Now... This qualified defined in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, it says to deprive of power, right, or privilege. That's one of the definitions. I'm going to say that again. Disqualified means to deprive of power, of a power, right, or privilege. So that's one thing that we don't want to be deprived of power, right, or privilege. And we know we've heard the statement, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. And, I, and although it's not scripture, I believe that ideal and that principle to be true. But then here's another thing that's true also. Even though he qualifies the call, the call can disqualify themselves. Paul saying this, he's like, look, I don't want to be disqualified after I've done all this preaching to others. But because, you know, if I'm undisciplined, then it's like, man, I'm going to disqualify myself some, from some power, from some rights and some, some privileges. If I'm not discipline. And so discipline is key. So now here's the thing. I talked about the top two Americans in the 400 women's hurdles, right? There was actually a third American as well, who was recent college uh, a, a month or two ago, uh, you know, won the college championships for the women's hurdles. And then, you know, her story, she qualified for the Olympics, all excited and everything. So now she actually qualifies to get to the finals to race with the best of the best in the entire world. Uh, so, 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 so now she's running. She's giving it all she got. All she got. She's giving it all she has. And Sydney and Delila, they, they're just, they're, they're, they're phenomenal. So they're just gone. But this girl's running. She's running. And then by the time she finishes her race, she comes in seventh out of eighth place. But then here's the thing that was interesting. I was like, because, you know, those other two were so far ahead because, you know, they're setting world records, right? But, you know, she's still running her race. The other third American... But then we see her name at the very bottom that doesn't even have a place, but next to her name it says DQ. It says that she winds up being disqualified. And I'm going to share why in just a little bit. I'll share that point at the end. Well, as a matter of fact, let me just go ahead and share that now. The reason what happened was she committed something called a lane infringement. Woo! A lane infringement, meaning that she was running... But she got out of her lane for a certain amount of time when she stepped in somebody's lane for a little bit. And so, ah, even though she was running and even though she finished the race, her time did not count. Her time did not count because she got out of her lane. 
Oh, so one of the lessons, and I know, you, you know, it's, again, it's not a, uh, you know, she, she, was, she was new, I, I imagine, in that moment for her to get out of her lane. She's running hard, trying to keep up with everybody else. But I imagine that she saw who was ahead of her and turned her head. Because when you're running, you got to, like Sydney said, she's like, look, I, I'll focus on my race. Even though I know such and such was ahead of me, I'm staying in my lane and I'm going to run my race. So I just imagine for her to get out of her lane, she may have kind of looked, because you know, even when you drive, some of y'all experience this too, even when you drive, anyone else kind of gotten out of their lane just by turning and staring at something too long, and it's like, oh my gosh. And even if you have a vehicle that kind of alerts you for lane departure now, they got vehicles that say, doo -doo 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 -doo, to let you know, it's like, hey, <laughs> you're out of your lane, get back over in your lane. And so that's the same thing for us. We don't want to be looking at other people. We don't want to be looking at people that may be ahead of us and be like, oh, oh my gosh, I got I to gotta, I gotta try to do exactly what they're doing or we're turning to the left, we're turning to the right. The Bible tells us not to do that. Although we might turn to the left of us or turn to the right and just start to compare. And the next thing you know, doo -doo -doo, we get out of our lane and be like, oh, then we finish, right? We finish life and be like, yeah, I did it. But the Lord's like, Man, don't disqualify yourself because you're starting to run, trying to run somebody else's race. Don't do that. So some of the disqualifications, that's one, lane infringement. Here's another one that was very, um, it's like, oh my gosh, it was just, just so unfortunate, messed up, sad, however you want to call it. But there were America's two top sprinters <laughs> for, the, for the men and women for the short distance. They didn't even get to go to the Olympics. One of the women is because she decided, and she knew the rules, but she decided anyways, it's like, hey, you know, I'm going to smoke weed. I got all these pressures, so I'm going to smoke weed. And then she gets tested, and they're like, hey, you can't run for so many days, which wound up being the times for the Olympics. So that's another form of disqualification. What is it that we're putting in our systems? Or you want to be mindful of what you put in your systems. Or can I say it like this? You want to be mindful of belief systems. It might not be what you're putting in your body system, but what are you putting in your belief systems? And my wife ministered this already, um, you know, several, a few weeks ago. What are you believing? How are you believing? Are you staying the course? Y'all remember that? Are you staying the course in your belief? Is there a word before you? Is it in your mouth? So that way we don't wind up in that disqualification, that we start taking on all these different type of belief systems because we're under some type of pressure or because we're depressed and be like, well, man, you know, I'm just going to start taking in this word. I'm just going to start taking in this thought. It might not be weed, and, and let me just say this now, even in the natural, it shouldn't be. Okay? But even if it's another substance, if it's another belief, if it's, if it's another, if it's a fallen thought and we start to take that on, it's like, hey, you know what? Yeah, because I just got to... Just, I'm just going to believe this because it just makes me feel good for the moment. Well, no, we don't want to be disqualified from a, a power, something that God wants us to be able to walk in power-wise, a right that God you know, has already established for us for us to be able to walk in, or a privilege. Come on, we don't, we, we don't want to um, minimize or weaken any of the supernatural advantages that we have. So one of the disqualifications is a lane infringement when you're trying to run somebody else's race or get in somebody else's lane. And then what are, you, what are we putting in our belief system? What are we putting in our bodies? But now here's the other thing. For the men's side, the men's, U.S. men's number one sprinter who didn't even get to go to Olympics. I'm not calling out these people's names because, uh, uh, you know, lesson learned. Now, for these people, they have scheduled drug tests, Right. This person gets qualified because the, the International Olympic Committee shows up at his home for the time to say, hey, we're going to be here at this time to do a drug test. This person was like, well, you know, I got time. I'm going to go ahead and do some shopping. He went out and did some shopping. And then the, the people that was like, hey, we're taking a picture, letting them know. It's like, hey, we were here at this time. This person wasn't here. And so because that person wasn't there at the time of testing... The committee was like, look, we're not even saying that he did drugs, but the rules say you have to be available for us to test you. This person was like, well, man, you know, I'm just going to do some shopping and I'll be able to make it back in time. And he didn't. 
He tried to say, no, 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 y'all left early and all that kind of stuff because I had to read it. I was like, man, what happened to such and such? How come he's not in the Olympics? Because that brother was fast. But I found out what happened to him. He got disqualified from even going to the Olympics because he missed the time of testing. Oh, that's another disqualification point right there to make sure that we stay in discipline, right? He missed his time of testing. How many times, think about it, where God is saying, hey, I want you to allow patience to have its perfect work. And many times we might get antsy or many times we might get impatient and then we move and then we just go ahead and try to get ahead of God, so to speak, and just be like, man, you know, I'm just going to take matters into my own hand and I'm just going to do something. And then God is like, oh, what? I'm, I'm testing you during this time period. Don't leave now. I'm saying this, not, not. So I've seen this happen, even in a ministerial sense. You know how you might have some people that they get so antsy at a church. And here God is trying to prove some things and work some things out with them. And then the people are like, ah, you know what? It's just taking too long for dot, 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 dot. I'm just going to go ahead and leave. Not that God is leading them, but even though they say, yeah, God's telling me to leave. God's like, I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> but. People do things like that. People just go ahead and just start to just do stuff on their own. And you don't want to miss or leave or not be available and not be present during your period of testing, during your period of proving. Because what that proving does, you can have all the talent and all the ability in the world. But if you don't have that test, that proving you cannot qualify to go to the next round or go to the next level or go to the next stage that God has set up for you. And so you have many people, they got platforms and they got giftings and they got eloquent speech and they got great charisma and persona and they got all this kind of stuff. And many people celebrate it, but God's like, nah, they, they haven't actually, they haven't sat still long enough for me to actually test them, for me to prove or for, for that to be proven. So somebody say right now, I will not miss my testing time. Woo! I will not miss my testing time. If I wanted to, I could look at some of my uh, contemporaries and be like, oh man, I'm 44. And, and if I start to start looking at their lane, I could be like, oh man, I'm late and I'm, I'm doing this. But God's like, nope, I need you in testing because I'm proving some things. I want to make sure that you're solid, solid for the long haul for the long run. See, Jesus was like, look, I want you to have fruit that remains. Come on, and that's the kind of fruit that we wanna have. So somebody just say right now, say, I will remain in the required discipline. <laughs> I do not wanna be disqualified for an illegal belief substance or system, for missing the time of testing or for getting out of my lane. Come on, we have a defined discipline. Here's another thing. I'm sure many people have heard this before, but I think the Lord really kind of spoke it to my heart in a, in a unique way, uh, just even on the way here tonight. This is a little added bonus, but your race has a pace. <laughs> your race has a pace. And so this was the thought when I was driving. I was like, oh God, this is so good. And I heard it sometime before, but to hear it again tonight was like, okay, I got it. Walking or running with God is to move at his pace. To move at his pace, at the speed of his command. So if he's walking, then we walk. If he's running, we run. You can kind of just tell. Um, you can kind of get a sense it, as you grow in relationship with him. You can kind of sense, uh, you know, there might be some things that God will speak, and he'll speak just like that, and he'll look for you to, you know, depending on your maturation level, he'll look for you to catch it. Sometimes, you know, he'll re repeat some stuff, but some things he'll be like, look, We've been in a relationship long enough. You know my voice long enough. I need you to move at that speed. I need you to not keep, I don't want you to second guess. You know my voice. You hear me. Don't second guess. Move at that speed. And so here's the other thought. If you don't run and stride with God, you'll have to take extra steps or stutter step to clear the next hurdle. But then in doing so, you can get left behind. <laughs> this is one thing that I noticed about the 400 meter hurdles. You got to do that in a certain stride. 
And if you don't have your stride right, you'll get to the hurdle, and then you kind of got to do a little chop-chop stutter step just kinda, because it might be coming up too fast. It's like, oh, I didn't see this coming, and this time I was running, but this hurdle came up so fast, now I kind of got to chop my step, and that actually slows you down. So the Lord is like, look, I want you to stay in stride with me in this season. I'm not talking about how fast you can move in the physical, but I'm talking about in spirit and in your obedience. Be quick to obey when God is saying, hey, do this now. Move at this thought. Don't be like, oh, man, and this is something that we grow in. We always grow in this. Uh, but it's like, look, when I'm showing it to you, you know, move on it at that moment. I want you to pick up your pace. I want you to run with me. I want you to stay in stride with me, not striving. So someone just say right, right now, say, Lord, I am in stride with you, and I'm not going to strive anymore. <laughs> We're not going to strive and just stutter steps like, oh, because sometimes people like saying like, it's like, man, everything is moving so fast. The Lord's like, no, you got to speed up. <laughs> like You got to move fast with it. If I'm moving, I want you, you talking about, Lord, we want to move of God. Move with them. We want to be in stride. That's that walking. That's that partnership. How can two walk together unless they agree, right? But then here's the scripture with this. I thought, I was like, oh, this is so good. This is being in stride with God. Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5. This is good. Here's a stride, stride statement right here. Your race has a pace. Here we go. If you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with horses? And if in the land of peace in which you, have, which you trusted they wearied you, then how will you do in the floodplain of the Jordan? In other words, if you can't, and you've heard it expressed this way, if you can't run with the footmen, if you can't run with the people um, that, that are on foot, man, how are you going to run with the people that are on horses? Come on. Your race has a pace. I love it how we get a peek of the future in the book of Revelation, how Jesus is on a horse, right? And he's got some riders with him on a horse. Come on. That's our pace. That's our pace. Even as we were praising and worshiping tonight, it's like, nah, 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 nah. God, we, gonna, we desire to run uh, with the horses. We desire to run with the horsemen to compete with the horses in the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody say, Lord, I'm picking up my pace in the spirit. Oh, I'm picking up my pace in the spirit. And one of the things that help you stay in that pace, that's where that discipline, that's that point that comes before. You got to discipline your body. You got to discipline your mind. You got to discipline. You got to stay in the discipline of the Lord. That discipline of the Lord means that God will say, hey, I need you to stick to this. This is what I'm telling you to do. I don't want you to get up off that unless I say so. But if I didn't say so, don't say, oh, the grace has lifted. No, get back under the grace then. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell him myself. Because sometimes we say, oh, the grace has lifted. But the Lord said, I never said stop. You just got tired, but I'm, 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 I'm telling you to come in even more. So one of the things the Lord even told me, he's like, go back to the journal. He's like, I gave you your schedule. I gave it to you a couple of times because I need you to run with the horsemen. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right, Lord. And now it's been good getting back to his schedule. And I was like, oh, Lord, the grace didn't lift. I just moved. Now, let me get back under the grace now I'm getting up at the time, and I'm working back to an even earlier time, but it's already early. But it's like I know there's an even earlier, earlier time that I really want to get back to. Um, but it's like, yeah, God, this is good. He's like, yeah, and then the consistency. And then even just some of the, the discipline of my body and some certain things. He's like, look, yes, yeah. There's the, that's that pace to be able to run. There's some things God says, hey, we read it again. If you have run with the footman and they have wearied you, he ain't going to be running with the horseman. So I'm going to tell you, there are some natural principles that you need to follow in the natural with your body or rest in, in, in water and the proper diet and things of that nature. I'm not saying there aren't some things that you can't enjoy, um, but yeah, you need to make sure that we take care of this temple. We only get one of these on earth. <laughs> All right. All right. So here we go. Let me go through one through four again. Number one is what? I know I'm teaching, teaching tonight, but you're getting it. 
Your lane is defined by the will of God. Number two, stay in your lane with delight. This is good. Number three, your lane requires discipline. I could spend a whole lot of time more on that because it is so true. Your lane requires discipline so that way we do not get disqualified. Because that includes, y'all, remember we talked about we can't be bunched up with everybody else because otherwise you wind up tripping and all that. No, 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 no. You got to be with the right crowd, with the right pack. <laughs> As a matter of fact, let me just say this one little part about that bunch. I think this is important. There's a bunch of people, but what the top runners, what they want to do, there's normally two or three, especially in a distance run, that separate themselves from the crowd. And in that separation, those that lead, then they avoid getting all tripped up with that bunch. So some might just be with the wrong crowd. It's like, man, why do I keep stumbling? Because you're in the wrong crowd. And God is calling you forth, and maybe you have been uncomfortable. It's like, well, no, because I don't want to do it. I know God's got to call up on my life. I know there's a lane. I know, but I, if you've been shrinking back, God said, no, I'm calling you. You are hearing this word right now. Otherwise, you will disqualify yourself from some power, from some rights, and some privileges. And God says, hey, I don't want you looking at me because I've been calling you. Don't come to God, well, God, why did you let this happen? Then it goes to the other discipline. If you didn't discipline you, then I'm going to have to discipline you. Okay? But he does that anyways because, you know, discipline, you know, sons, daughters, all that. So, um, but we want his discipline, not the stuff that we have to just deal with and all the drama. All right? So, and then four your race has a pace. Here we go. Number five. We're going to finish with this. Your lane has a destination. That's what I like about it. Your lane has a destination. <laughs> Meaning that your assignment, you want to make sure you finish it. Last scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 8. Come on, we are running our lane with grace. This is such a good one. Now we see Paul talking to his spiritual son, Timothy, and this is an older Paul who's starting to see the finish line on some things. And so he says this, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have, somebody say it, those three words, finish the race. Finish the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there was laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. See where that delight comes in? Oh, so someone say right now, say, I will finish my race. Come on. And to finish that race, come on, to finish that race means that you will be in the lane that has been defined by the will of God. You do not have, and we do not have time to be trying to go through all these other lanes and be like, uh, da, da, da. although there is a discovery period, but it should be one of those things where it's like, oh, I discovered, man, this is the lane that I'm, that I'm in. Thank you, God, that I'm in this lane. Woo. God, I, God, I see it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, so just make sure that you have that disposition. And this is how we, uh, uh, you know, just finish the race. We stay in the lane that has been defined by the will of God. We stay in that lane with delight. We stay in it with discipline. We stay in it at the pace that he's called us to. And then we will get to the finish line. That is the goal, to be able to finish, to complete. Not to just end and then look back and be like, oh, man, I got out of my lane. No. No, this time that we are living on earth needs to be something that counts. And Paul says, look, I've poured out my life like a drink. And he's like, look, I already know that this is coming to the end, but I know also this is how I lived. <laughs> he said, look, I fought the good fight. Mm. He said, I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. And keeping it means like, look, when I've been running this race, Timothy, I didn't drop this baton. No, but I've kept the faith and I'm passing this on to you. And now, even before Paul had physically departed, he was like, look, I already know that there's a crown of righteousness laid up for me. And not for me only, 
but even for others who've been running and who love the appearing of the Lord. Now, granted, that ain't everybody, but you want to make sure you run with those kind of people. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to say this. This was actually a prophetic word spoken over my life, but I, I, I feel like I just needed to say that to some people now in this season. Uh, and I'm just going to kind of paraphrase how it was spoken to me that I'm speaking it over you right now. But that God will and you will know and that in this season, you will begin to run with the people he's called you to run with in this season. That you will be introduced, that you will meet the people that he has called for you to run with, the pack that he has called you to run with in this season. Come on, those same people, because what it helps, remember that statement, iron sharpens iron, it helps to be able to run with people that are running at a different pace. Yeah, so you want to run with the people that are running at a different pace because now that helps you run faster. Those people that were running with, with Sydney. And Delilah, at the end, they said those two were actually, there were so many people now because those two were running at such a pace and other people were just inspired and motivated and they wanted to win and compete as well too. There were other people that ran their personal best. So even a girl that came in third place, that came in third place, that was her personal best. Delilah, who came in second place, that was her personal best. Sydney, who came in first place, and broke the world record, that was naturally her personal best because she set a new world record. She set a record. She ran a time that had never been run before in history for a woman. Shattered it. <laughs> That's the kind of people, somebody say, yeah, those kind of people, those kind of people that are pushed, those kind of people that are inspired, those kind of people that will challenge Mm. This might sound strange, but it just kind of lets you know, and uh, this isn't a morbid statement, this is a glorious statement, but most of the apostles, many of them had violent deaths. <laughs> many of them, because they just laid it all out in the face of contention and, 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 and contrary, but they were like, look, we are not compromising, we're going to finish this race. Doesn't matter what the hurdle is. So most of them, they were like, hey, all the way to the end, Lord Jesus, my eyes are on you. I'm not turning to the left. I'm not turning towards the right. And we, we even read about some other people, not even apostles, but even some other saints in Hebrews 11. When you go after some of the patriarchs, then you look at the people. The Bible says how many were sawn in half and, and, and many Christians were, uh, uh, wow, this is coming to me even now, how many Christians uh, even in quote-unquote Olympic stadiums in their day were, were, were thrown in with lions and, and vicious animals for sport. But they weren't compromising the name of Jesus. They were going to run their lane with the grace that is given. It was like, hey, you know what? We love your appearing Lord. And that's what they kept the eyes on. They finished their race. They fought the faith. They fought the good fight of faith. And they have kept the faith. Okay, so again, your lane has a destiny. You have a destiny. The Lord says this. He says, I know the thoughts that I have for you. He's like, look, I got some good thoughts. I got some great plans for you. Stay in your lane. One, run with this grace gift. Come on, embrace it right now. Somebody just, just needs to embrace the gift and not just kind of lay it to the side so that way the Lord can... Break some records, break some things that may have been established um, by men, but then got supernatural grace to come upon our lives and cause us to be able to do some things where people are like, oh my goodness, how you do it? And then we can tell them Jesus. We can tell them, it's like, look, I'm running the race that is set before me. Even Jesus did that. He stayed in his lane and he endured the cross. He endured for the joy that was set before him. He endured. That was his lane. That was his destination. And we thank God for him saying, it is what? Finish. Come on, Father, we bless you. We love you. We thank you so much. God, and I thank you, Lord, that even now that there's just a, that supernatural grace gift, God, being stirred up again, Father, uh, like never before, God. And I thank you, Lord, that you're just even fortifying tonight.
Yeah, but you're fortifying tonight some things, God, that you have already said, God. But I thank you, Lord, that it's just even deepening even now in the name of Jesus. God, that people will have a resurgence, a renewed energy to be able to run with the horsemen in this season. Run at the pace that you've called them to in this season to be able to say, yeah, you know what? This is who I am by the will of God in this season with a boldness, with the confidence in the name of Jesus. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, and even for some that may have tripped over, tripped over it, tripped over a, a, a hurdle, God, I thank you, God, that you were just picking them up right now, that, that, that they are not out of the race, so to speak. While they still have breath, God, I thank you, God, again, for just a resurgence and fortifying, God, and even clarifying. It's like, yep, this is who I've spoken. This is who I've called you to be. Even uh, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I have ordained you to be a prophet. I have ordained you to be an apostle. I have ordained you to be a teacher. I have ordained you to be a pastor. I have ordained you to be an evangelist. I have ordained you to be a minister. I have ordained you to be this business owner. I have ordained you to whatever it is that you said earlier. God has ordained it. He called it by his will, God. And so we say thank you, Lord, for fortifying it, strengthening it. Now, God, I thank you, Lord, for just a supernatural. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, that we will run, <laughs> as the expression goes, God, but we will run like the wind. But, I'm not, but not only like the wind, God, but we will run with the we will, we will run with the wind of the Holy Spirit infusing us supernaturally. In the name of Jesus. Yep, yep. Come on, come on. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Just begin to just lift your hands and just receive of him tonight. Receive of him. Yeah, we will finish the race. We will finish the race. We will fight the good fight. We will keep the faith. Yeah, God. <laughs> pour it out. Pour it out. God, we will pour out what we have that you might fill us up again, God, and we will continue to pour yeah, some of y'all need to just even more intently pour into the next generation. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. Yeah, even more intently. And even some of you that might feel like that you are that next generation, guess what? You have a generation to pour into as well also. <laughs> That's part of that flow. That cascading of the covenant from generation to generation. Thank you, God. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. Now, God, we thank you, Lord, for the grace, the supernatural grace, the supernatural and divine enablement to be able to, yeah, to be disciplined, to run with the horsemen, to be obedient, God, to move at the speed in which you are commanding us and calling us to in this season, God. All these foundational principles, God, I thank you, Lord, that it is something that we live by. And, Lord, that we too will say that there was a crown of righteousness for us. Mm. A crown of righteousness laid up for us in Christ Jesus. Because we love your appearing, God. Uh, yeah, I know some of you guys are like, yeah, I'm ready to run. I'm ready to go. And I am running and I am going in this season. Keep your eyes where they need to be. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. In Jesus' name. There'll be all kind of stuff that come and say, hey, look at me. And we don't want to be running, but then leaning towards that direction. No. Our lane, we're going to run this race. We're going to run this race. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Yeah, somebody just kind of go like this, just as a prophetic act. Yeah. Yeah, we're just going like this. This is, our, this is it, God. And I'm telling you, as we just submit and as we yield to it, uh, there's just going to be such a pace and be like, oh, my gosh, this is what I prayed for. This is what I've been believing for. This is what I've been seeing. Yeah. And then even as it's happened, it's like, oh, my gosh, you, you're just going to be moving. It'll be some stuff that you won't even have to think about because of how we just discipline some things in the spirit. And then we just start to move. And there's some things God will just begin to do and, and set up and establish and some things angels go to work. Because we are just in such a flow with him. It's like, Lord, I didn't even ask for it. He's like, yeah, you did. When you prayed in the Holy Ghost, I heard you. <laughs> like, oh, you thought it. I caught, I got it. 
because you already got my thought. You're praying along. You're saying what I'm saying when you're praying in the Holy Ghost. You're praying the prayers in agreement with heaven, with Jesus. Yeah. Come on. You got this. You got this. You got this in Jesus' name. Say it one more time. Say, I'm running in my lane with the supernatural grace of God in Jesus' name. Come on, celebrate him one more time. And as you're doing that, I celebrate the call of God on your life. And I celebrate you in the name of Jesus.